0: section eight of Pantrophion this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by Lyndon Marie nielsen vancouver bc Pantrophion by alex Soyer. dried vegetables beans this innocent vegetable which with us certainly awakens no laborious thoughts was formerly consecrated to the dead it was offered in sacrifices to the infernal gods and its mysterious virtues invoked by night spirits and shadows the flamen of jupiter could not eat it and he was forbidden to touch a bean or even to pronounce its name for the fatal plant contains a little black spot which is no other than a noxious character, a type of death. Pythagoras and his followers carefully avoided this dismal food, in the fear of submitting a father, sister, or beloved wife to the danger of a cruel mastication. For who knew where wandering souls might rest during the course of their numerous transmigrations? Grave writers say the cause of this abstinence is that beans are difficult of digestion, that they stupefy those who make use of them as food, and that hens who eat them cease to lay eggs. What more shall we say? Hippocrates, wise as he certainly was, had some of these strange fears, and he trembled for his patience when beans were in blossom. In spite of such ridiculous prejudices, this plant had numerous and enlightened defenders. When green, it was served on tables renowned for delicacies, and when fully ripe, it frequently replaced both wheat and other corn. One of the festivals of Apollo, the Pianespia, owned its origin and pomp to the bean. This vegetable then obtained preeminence over all that were boiled in the saucepan, and offered to the god of day and the fine arts. It is possible to imagine a more brilliant rehabilitation. If we are to believe Isidorius, this plant was the first culinary vegetable of which man made use. He was therefore bound to preserve a grateful remembrance of it king david did not deem it unworthy of him and the prophet ezekiel was commanded to mix it with the different grains of which he made his bread we possess few certain indications proving the different culinary combinations to which beans give rise among ancients all we know is that they ate them boiled perhaps with bacon raw with salt we should imagine or fried with fat butter or oil two kinds especially attracted the attention of true connoisseurs of that class of gourmets elect whose palate is ever testing and whose sure taste detects and appreciates shades of almost imperceptible tenuity first the bean of egypt recommended for its rich nutritious and wholesome pulp This bean was also cultivated in Syria and Cilicia, and secondly, the Greek bean, which passed at Rome for a most delicious dish. Certain gastronomists, however, preferred another vegetable of which we are going to speak. Ever since the Middle Ages, the bean has played a very important part of the famous Twelfth Night Cake, almost all over Europe, the The ephemeral royalty it bestowed was often sung by the poets and consecrated in chronicles. Thomas Randolph informs us that Lady Fleming was Queen of the Bean in 1568. Some days after the Duke of Guise was assassinated by Poltrot. History has its pluralities as well as its great tragedies. The spaniards had also their twelfth night cake when john duke of bragsna had obtained the crown of portugal 1640 philip the fourth of spain informed count Olivares of the event and added as if it were consolation for the loss of a kingdom that this new sovereign was nothing more than a king of the bean philip was mistaken These cakes were made in former days nearly in the same manner that we make them now. Sometimes they contained honey, flour, ginger, and pepper. One portion was for God, another for the Holy Virgin, and three others for the Magi. That is to say they gave all these portions to the poor. In England the cake was often full of raisins, among which one bean and one pea were introduced cut the cake says melibius to nissa who hath the bean shall be king and where the peas is shall be queen at the present day the bean is one of the vegetables most cultivated in egypt and italy at naples as in egypt they are eaten raw when young and the large ones cooked and grilled in the oven They are publicly sold already cooked haricots it is well known that alexander the great was fond of traveling and that he was generally accompanied by his peregrinations by a certain number of soldiers who occasionally took for him on his route cities provinces and sometimes kingdoms it happened one day that the macedonian prince worthy pupil of aristotle was herbalizing in india his eyes fell upon a field of haircuts which appeared to him very inviting it was the first time he had seen this plant and he immediately ordered his cook to prepare a dish of them we do not know with what sauce but he thought them good, and thanks to this great conqueror, Europe was enriched with a new vegetable. Virgil was doubtlessly ignorant of this noble origin. When he decried Haricots severely, by qualifying them so disgracefully, it was true that the lower classes of people who were very fond of them did great injury to their reputation, for things the most exquisite soon lose their value when they fall within the reach of the vulgar it is thus with a pleasing melody when given up to the barbarous and melancholy street organs it ceases to charm the ears of drawing-room fashionables the same again with a plaintive ballad it loses its attraction the moment a street orpheus begins to murder it with his stenorian ball let it not be thought however that the plant of which we speak was exclusively reserved for the vulgar appetite oh no the greeks and latins had too much good taste for that the former allowed it a distinguished place on their tables together with figs and other side dishes they only required that haricots should be young tender and green In rome they were preserved with vinegar and garum and prepared in this manner they excited the appetites of the guests at the beginning of the repast moreover it was admitted that this vegetable was much more wholesome than beans that the stomach was less fatigued by it and that persons of delicate constitutions might partake of it without fear Certain amateurs even pretended that no vegetable was to be compared to haricots But others differed from them on this point and the latter right or wrong pronounced in favor of peas peas Green peas as we are sorry to say were not appreciated as they deserved to be by the Romans It was reserved principally for our century to discover their value, to cultivate them with care, and to force nature to give them to us before the appointed time. This plant was hardly known in 1550. Since that period, the gardener Michaud undertook to bring it into repute. For some time in France it was called only by the name of this worthy man before that it was an inappreciated vegetable it came forth blossomed and disappeared without utility and without renown it was not th- thus with gray peas pois which flourished at a very remote period and are mentioned in the sacred writings the common people of rome and greece made them their ordinary food they ate them boiled or fried a rather disagreeable dish according to the caustic marshal, who however speaks with disdain of every kind of peas in whatsoever manner they may be prepared nevertheless the satirical humor of this celebrated poet did not prevent this vegetable from being universally sold and men women and children regaled and even gorged themselves with fried gray peas or ram peas caesar eritium a single name for they were indebted to the slight asperity remarkable in each of the grains at the circus and in the theatres they were sold at low price to the spectators whom it seemed impossible to satiate with this delicacy although it has so little attraction for us. In short, the nation of kings had so decided a taste for grey peas that those who coveted public enjoyment did not fail to distribute them gratuitously to the people in order to obtain their suffrages. We must acknowledge that in those days votes were obtained at a very cheap rate. LENTILS The Egyptians, whose ideas were sometimes more eccentric, imagined it was sufficient to feed children with lentils to enlighten their minds, open their hearts, and render them cheerful. That people, therefore, consumed an immense quantity of this vegetable, which from infancy had been their principal food. The Greeks also highly esteemed this aliment, and their ancient philosophers regaled themselves with lentils. Zeno would not trust to any one the cooking of them. It is true that the Stoics had for their maxim. A wise man acts always with reason, and prepares his lentils himself. We must confess that the great wit of these words escapes us, although we are willing to believe there is some in them however it may be lentils were abundant in greece and in the east and many persons otherwise very sensible maintained with the most serious counterance in the world that they softened the temper and disposed the mind to study it is hardly necessary to observe that this plant was well known to the hebrews the red pottage of lentils from which isu sold his birthright the present of Shobi to David, the victory of Shammah in the field of lentils, and lastly the bread of Ezekiel, sufficiently proved that the Jews numbered this vegetable as one of those in ordinary use among them. The Romans had not the same esteem for it as the nations we have mentioned according to them the moisture in lentils could only cause heaviness to the mind and render men reserved indolent and lazy the name of this vegetable pretty well shows they said the bad effect it produces lentil derives its origin from the word lentus slow lens a lent and as if enough had not been alleged to disgrace this unfortunate plant and to give the finish to the ill fame it had acquired it was placed among funeral and ill-omened foods thus marcus crassus waging war against the Parthians, was convinced that his army would be defeated because his corn was exhausted and his men were obliged to have recourse to lentils How was it possible to resist such attacks? The humble plant gave way in spite of the few flattering words of the poetic Virgil and the assurance of Pliny that this food produced two uncommon virtues mildness and moderation. End of section eight recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, b c.